Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. Today, we are breaking down, I certainly, I think what AJ and I believe to be the best draft class of the 2010s. Um, yeah. I think it'd be hard to argue against that. Uh, there are some pretty amazing draft classes in the aughts that it it would might be tough to compete with, but one of the best so far of the 2000s. Yeah, right now 2015 is uh, in competition with 2003 for mm-hmm. uh, best modern draft. So it's definitely up there. One of and. The order can get pretty interesting, uh, as you'll see, as as we dive into this draft a little bit. But yeah, one of the I would say it's one of the ones where a lot of the guys that were taken in the top ten have pretty good arguments to stay in the top ten. Yeah, it's well, the, I think there are good arguments to stay in the top ten, but outside of the top two, I don't think many stay in their exact draft position. Yeah, there's going to be some minor shuffling that has to. That has to take place, definitely. So, uh, we'll we'll dive into that. We'll also probably dive into some of the busts of the class a little bit later as well. Um, but, yeah, I get people asking me all the time about doing redrafts. So, I, I feel a little bit weird about it. Like, totally down to do it. But it's hard to... You have to remember that when the draft actually happened, there was a lot less information to go off of. You're, you didn't have a box score of 350 NHL games in some cases yeah. to, to pick yeah. guys off of. So, uh, and it's hard to, it's hard to go back and try and remember what team needs were. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, back at the time of the draft, especially because like what, what were Colorado's needs at 20, in 2015? Uh, everything right <laughs> it's basically they the only thing they didn't need was a franchise center yep you know they still they still had matthew shane they had uh ryan o'reilly and they had Nathan mckinnon point. yeah they didn't need a center that was yep. the one thing they walked in and they were like we're good on that spot we'd love to have mcdavid or eichel but otherwise we don't need any of these guys yep so We'll do our best to to calculate for team needs and all of that, but take it with a grain of salt, to say the least. Yeah, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on uh, Philadelphia's prospect pool back yeah. in 2015. For sure. Definitely, definitely not the maximum expert there. Um, we can start off. I mean, look, one and two aren't changing really quick. Uh, Edmonton yeah. is, is still taking Connor McDavid and Buffalo is still taking Jack Eichel. I don't even think there's a question about this. You know, yep. there, there have been some guys who have been great. Sebastian Ajo, Miko Rantanen, uh, Mitch Marner, just taking it fourth. Those guys have all been awesome in their careers. There are some franchise defensemen. None of those guys have been better than Jack Eichel. Uh, I, I don't think you're taking Thomas Shabbat. Ivan Provorov or Zach Wierenski over Jack Eichel. I wouldn't tell you that much. So, I know. I know. There's been an element of like, oh, Buffalo has has underachieved with Eichel as their top guy, but That's not Eichel's fault. Teams, and yeah. you look at you look at how Eichel's played, and 
you know, is there is there maybe a, a leadership problem? Is there maybe an attitude issue? Maybe. Like we don't we don't really know those things, right? Sure. But when it comes to just raw production, the on ice product for Michael is elite, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's getting the job done. Hard to argue against that. So that's not really going to change anything. Like many drafts, this draft really begins at pick number three with Arizona. They originally drafted Dylan Strom, which obviously didn't work out for them in any way, shape, or form. They really struggled yeah. to even get him into the NHL, let alone get him to produce there. And keep in mind, when they drafted him, he was coming off of a 129-point season in the OHL. Yeah, he, he was a monster next to McDavid. Um, yeah, that was the thing is that they were on the same team. Yep. And that's super-duper unfair in juniors. Like, yep. Obviously, Dylan Strom has not panned out, but when when this draft happened, it was widely viewed as two surefire franchise centers and one guy that everybody felt very good about. Yep. In Dylan Strom. And, I mean, after the fact, since going to Chicago, Strom has been a solid NHL player. Yeah. Um, much more two-ish. Right. Not a first line center, really. Definitely not worth the third overall pick, but yeah, a lot more than what Arizona got out of him. In in some draft, like you put him in, what is it, 20, 2012 draft class, he'd be one of the best players. And one of the weaker ones, for sure. In in, in 2015, though? Not. We will, we will revisit Strom later in the first round, I think. Yeah. I, I certainly, I don't think he's particularly close to the top 10. No. Put it that way. Uh, so that leaves Arizona open to change up the flow. Uh, it, uh, if we're going strictly off production, the pick would be Mitch Marner. The reason that I struggle with it being Marner is that he's a wing. That's exactly the same conclusion I came to here. Is you have the third overall pick. Are you looking for a franchise player that you can have drive your offense? And just like we saw McDavid and Eichel go, what Arizona originally tried to do with Strom, and it obviously didn't work out. So, if would you consider defense here? I really wasn't considering any of the defensemen with three. I I think so. Yeah, you would. I think I, I, think I would consider it. Sure. Um, but but knowing that, look, there are there's really it's just Sebastian Ajo that I'm Sebastian Ajo sure. and Matt Barzell are the guys that I'm having this conversation about. I I mean I think I'm taking Marner over Barzell every time. I I think so too. So Ajo I think is a conversation. Yeah, this comes down to which one do you want? Is it Ajo or Marner? Eileen, Eileen Marner, but I think he's more. I think he's more dynamic. But what's Marner gonna do in the desert without the talent around him? As yeah, much, without sure. without the without the top flight center. You know, now Toronto, Toronto didn't have Austin Matthews, and they didn't have JT when they took Mitch Marner. Yep. You know, they had William Nylander, and so it was like, okay, well, they're gonna build around the, you know, and I, if I remember correctly, Mitch Marner played. 
quite a bit of of center at at London, but move to the wall. I think that sounds right, but I'm not gonna know for yeah. sure from juniors six years ago. <laughs> Clearly, I have tons of confidence in that, but. <laughs> Regardless, he's a wing in the NHL now, and this is where it's hindsight, right? Where yeah, one hundred percent. In a I redraft, it's it's hindsight. I, I still think it's Marner. Um, I just think I just think he's too good, but it hurts to leave Aho sitting there. It does. Um, so Arizona goes with Marner, and I mean that basically reshapes what they do for the rest of this decade, right? They probably don't look at guys like Clayton Keller down the line, and well, maybe maybe they look at Keller. Um, you think? Yeah, I would say because the idea you put you put Keller. I mean, they took Keller even after they took Strom. That's true. So the idea is to put them together, I guess. And you know, let's let's see what they do together. Uh, I I. My only concern there would probably just be size at that point. Like yeah, you're kind of kind of tiny, rolling both Marner and Keller. But I I like I think that would be a good foundation for them. Man, I think it's a good start. I definitely would take Marner over Strom. Put it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fourth overall pick is Toronto, who originally took Marner, so their pick is now open as well. Knowing the juggernaut on offense that they built, like, yeah, what happens if they what happens if they take Aho here or Barzell? I mean, if they take Aho or Barzell, you don't end up with Matthews and JT, right? I don't think you end up with JT, I yeah. think you end up with Matthews still. Um, sure. you, you're gonna take you're gonna take Matthews. If you end up with the first pick in 2016, you're taking Matthews over everybody else in that yeah, class. Right. That's easily. fine. But you, they probably don't trade for JT if they take Aho there. Yeah, they don't they don't throw the free agent money at him. If you want to go full hindsight here and realize that Toronto's defense has been a mess, yeah. Do you consider someone like a Chabot? Well, this is where this is where it's like, okay. How much of the future do you consider? Yeah, you know, because if they if if they are making if we're making this pick and we know that they're getting Matthews the next year, we yep. know that they're signing JT in free agency, and that Nylander turns into a very very good player. That, Boy, you sure don't I've been, need a I've center. Been sure looks good there, right? Yeah, <laughs> like Ivan Provorov, Zach Wierenski, Thomas Shabbat, any one of those three. I don't know how to rank those three. They're three very different guys that do a lot of different things, and they've been in way different situations. Wierenski's had Seth Jones' entire career. Yep. You know, Shabbat's been hung out to dry on some terrible Sens teams his whole career. You know, Provorov has been on competitive Flyers teams his whole career. So they've, spots, yeah. they've lived three very, very different lives as three different players. So it's hard to even in a redraft to separate those three. Other than to say Shabbat is the one that's going to jump up quite a bit because both yeah. Provorov and Wierenski were top 10 guys anyway. Sure. I mean... Uh, Toronto, I'm... At the time, they had Kadri, and that was yeah. kind of it. Right? They yeah. had Kadri and Nylander. Still needed the centers at that point. 
I would say I would say probably Aho. I'm comfortable with Aho. I the ripple effect there is certainly unknowable. Like you said, they probably uh, you know maybe Aho makes them not finish last or whatever. But if they finish last, they still get Matthews, and then they do something else in free agency. Who knows what they go out and get? Right. But you know, maybe with Aho's slower track, they probably still finish last. They get Matthews, cool. Yeah. And then you know maybe they go get JT anyway, and they just say screw it. Just have the deepest center yeah. depth ever. Sure. Yeah. Kadri 4C confirmed. Yeah, because it's not like there's a defenseman at the top of 2016 that we would say yeah, that's they true. would have to consider. So, not sure. Not sure, but that's kind that's of the point there. of the re- redraft is it, it recreates the entire NHL in a lot of ways. So Yeah, well, and especially 2015 had so much legitimate talent. That's all yep. that's dispersed throughout the entire league that it reshapes the NHL and now we're re-reshaping it. Yep. It's it's why we chose 2015, right? Because of the impact it has had. Yeah. And it's recent enough. It's it's had a huge it had a huge impact on the Avs. Yep. Um we'll get know, there. It changed, it changed a ton. So Carolina. Carolina at five. Originally took Noah Hannafin, another guy who's gonna drop in a redraft for sure. At the time, I was surprised they took the defenseman. Yeah. They were already building a really good defense uh, internally. Sure. I was surprised they took the defenseman because their forward talent has just been so iffy. And with Matt Barzell sitting here, Matt Barzell or Shabbat or one of the three defensemen. I mean... Knowing they ended up taking the guy who just went at four in the second round originally, mm-hmm. who has become a key contributor for them at center. Yeah, that's their one C. Yeah, it it he feels over It feels really hard for them to pass up on Barzell at center. Yeah, given that. Yeah, it's also tough because Hannafin's the guy that they used to trade for Dougie. True. So, you know, this redraft hurts them because they got the big steal in Ajo in the second round. Yep. They get worse in a redraft for sure. It's do they get a center with this pick or do they get a proper defenseman? Well, I think they have to take harsh. Barzell. I, I'm with you. I, I think Barzell's the pick here at five. Yeah. Uh, but it, it probably is a conversation of if the Avs take Wierenski instead of Hannafin. They don't have to trade Wierenski away, right? That's just a, a defenseman for them. Yeah. But as you said, a little surprising for them to take D at that point anyway. So, Yeah, because they already had, you know, Slavin and Pesci were already there. They were right. already breaking in. Um, they they also had, had already uh, had a good Justin Burr. Falk at that time. Yeah, Justin Falk was still there. They would take Jigbeam the next year to further confuse everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe they should stop drafting D. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this, this impacts 2017 too, because now you, they took, they took Netches then. And you know, yep. With, with Matt Barzell, 
turtles all the way down there a little bit. Yeah, well, who knows? Who knows how different Hurricanes history is here? Yeah, could could do a big change. That so that's the top five in a redraft. We have McDavid, Eichel, Marner, uh, Aho, Aho, Barzell. Yeah, in that order. Uh, we do have to take our first period break here and let you guys know about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I got a Breck lager right here that I'm sipping on. Ordered a 12-pack from Drizzly just the other night. If you want to get delivery alcohol here in Colorado, you can get all hooked up with that. Breck Brew has dozens of flavors, something for everybody to try. Or, of course, you can always go to your local liquor store as well and pick it up there. Looks like our YouTube comments are not coming in, or maybe y'all are just being quiet today. I don't know, but we have no comments. This will be the quietest show we've ever had. Yeah, so I'm assuming y'all might be commenting, and our comments are broken, so apologies if we don't see your comments on screen. We're not ignoring you guys. This is a thing that happens sometimes. Yeah, so sorry about that, but we also have Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist here in the Denver metro area, just 15 minutes from downtown in Lakewood. You can head on over there, and when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you will get a free Sonicare toothbrush from them, so why not jump on it? Free stuff is always great. Highly recommend. We've had multiple people from DNVR go over there, and they say it's an excellent place to go some of the best dental experiences they've ever had so give them a try today they'll even get you all hooked up send you cards to remind you of when your events are or when to reschedule so second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast redrafting 2015 we're through the top five we move into number six and this is probably the part of the draft where everything starts getting crazy uh, you've taken out pretty much every high-end center in the draft class now. Uh, you could make some cases for for some guys a little bit further down, but four top centers off the board. At six, you have New Jersey picking, who originally went with Pavel Zaka. Not going to live up to the sixth overall pick with what we know today. Yeah, I think I think uh, they take one of the defensemen here. Pick one. Pick a winner. Yeah, I pick. Sh- let's go with Shabbat. Sure, Shabbat works for me. Yeah, they take they take Thomas Shabbat. Boom. Easy slam dunk pick there. Don't think yeah. twice about it. Definitely, Zaka just hasn't done has not worked out, and they you fast forward today, they still need a little bit of everything. Yep. Uh. It's New Jersey's kind of been in limbo, uh, yeah. So sure and Hughes take like a big, crazy step forward. Knowing what we know now that they're getting Heesher and Hughes at on the forward side makes a defenseman pick pretty easy. (laughs) Part part of the part of that reason that they they get those guys though is because Zaka doesn't work out. Yep, true. If Zaka if Zaka blossoms into the high impact player that. Was he thought, you know, been, yeah, sure. Well, and, and he had an interesting draft year because he was hurt. Yep. And he wasn't very good in the first half of the season and was really good, was really good later on. And actually, I think I have that backwards. And all I know is that one half he was really good, the other half he wasn't, and he and he was hurt. He only played like 30 games in the OHL. 
And that's size, yeah. Yeah, like you're you're really taking a big chance on just raw talent at that point. It's a really big leap of faith. You know, Zaka was a guy that the ads were really big fans of. Um and and where would have been very he probably would have been an F had he gotten that far. Because they really liked him. At his size, with his with his ability, like his especially his shot. Yep. He was super intriguing. And then it's weird because it's he's not a bad NHL player. He's kind of gone the route the of, of a guy like Sam Bennett and Tyson Jost, where yep. he's a he's a solid depth player. Exactly. But he gets he gets viewed harshly because of where he was drafted. Yep. But he's actually turned into like a, a pretty good defensive center for, for New Jersey. Three C type kind of, of guy. Kind of yeah. randomly. That's because it's not when, when he gets drafted, you don't you don't ever think that, right? That's you're not a top six lock for that guy, you're assuming. Yeah. Yeah, even if, if, if he can't hack it at center, then you just move him to the wing. You put him next to one of those centers and he blossoms as a high end goal scorer for you. Easy. This is easy. <laughs> and then for some reason he, he turns into their three C. Yep. It's it it's just been interesting for Zaka. Uh but New Jersey definitely walking out of this with Shabbat thrilled. Yeah, I think they'd be super happy with that. Um Seven and eight. Let's talk about these picks together. Philadelphia and Columbus both take defensemen. Both worked out. Ivan Provorov and Zach Wierenski. I think. I think they just do it again. Yeah, I, that's I where I was can. at too. Especially with Chabot. If if New Jersey takes Chabot, they stick to their guns. They take their defensemen right. that they want. And to be clear, if either Wierenski or Provorov went to New Jersey. The next two picks are still defensive. There's still Chabot and Provorov, yeah, right. Or whatever. It's Chabot and Provorov, or it's Chabot and Wierenski. Which, yeah. Whichever combination in this redraft, those guys are all going defense again. Yep. So, pretty pretty uncomplicated process there for for yeah. six, seven, eight. Take your D, get the D run, and then once the D are off the board, you start to have the conversations about the rest of the top 10 Uh, Mm -hmm. San Jose at nine took Timo Meyer. Uh, This is look, this is a legit NHL player. He's a guy who went in our fantasy draft over the weekend, but should he be in the top 10 of this draft? I don't think so. No, no, he shouldn't be. And this is where this sucks for Colorado. Yep. Because I don't, I don't see, Kyle Kyle Connor had a had a great year. Uh but I don't Kyle Connor is nowhere near the all-around offensive talent that Miko Rantanen is. Yep. I don't I don't think that Rantanen is getting past San Jose here. I mean you throw Miko I didn't think Miko Rantanen was getting past San Jose on draft day. Right. Before uh, when it actually happened, it was shocking. But Yeah, because I I the guys that I was looking at for Colorado with that pick they met three separate times. They had three interviews with Matt Barzell. Yep. They loved him. They loved Kyle Connor. And I know that they were high on Timo Meyer. Those were the three guys that I was kind of looking at for Colorado because I thought Miko Rantanen would be gone. And the other guy that, that was kind of in that conversation somewhere, but I... I never got the sense from the Av that it was really he was they were very very high on him was Lawson Krause. Well, 
the good we'll not being high on that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think San Jose, I think San Jose takes Miko and Yeah. He goes he goes out there with the Sharks. Uh to be honest, you drop you drop Miko Ranton and second year Miko Ranton in onto that Sharks roster and you wonder what they could have done. Yeah. That you're talking about maybe actually doing the thing for the Sharks at that point. Timo Meyer's been a nice player for them. And he he absolutely goes somewhere in this top twenty, I think. Yeah, for sure. Of this draft, he's a, he's a good NHL player, and he's getting better. The thing was was that Miko got so good so fast. Yeah. So in their first full season was both seventeen eighteen, and Timo Meyer put up thirty six points in eighty one games. It's respectable for a guy that was what twenty years old. Oh, I guess no. Randon's first full season was a terrible year, but I wiped that from 20, my memory. He still had 20 goals that year, too. Yeah, he had 20 goals that year, and then in Timo's first full season, he was a point-per-game player. So, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, like, you look at Timo Meyer. Okay, so Timo Meyer right now, 24 years old, and he's been on a consistent upward trajectory until San Jose completely bottomed out. Yep. Like, Got drafted, went back to the queue for his D plus one, was extremely comically productive there. Um, was great for them, and then the next year goes into pro hockey and is very good in the AHL. Big time adjustments for him in the NHL. And then after that, you know, that 36 point season you're talking about, he scored 20 goals. It was like it was like Rantanen's rookie year. A 20-goal rookie year, under 40 points, did what he did best, which was shoot the puck. But then after that, he took the big step forward with the 66-point season, 30 goals. And then, again, a, a slight step back last year as the Sharks totally fell apart. They had a ton of injuries on offense. And, of course, the season got canceled. So everybody's numbers are a little down. Yeah. It, it, Ranting in, though, just it was just a different level, man. Right. You put Rantanen next to Joe Thornton, and he's a forty goal scorer. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, him, I, him next to Joe Thornton or Logan Couture. Yeah, either one. It's just it's filth. And pretty, they get they get Miko Rantanen, and I wonder if they trade for Vander Kane. Yeah, prob- they probably. I know, do, I know. Honestly, yeah. Kane, Kane plays on the left side, and Rantanen plays on the right side, so. Maybe you get them and both and just you just dominate. put them together. <laughs> Nasty, but yeah, because with Miko's playmaking ability next to the goal scoring with Kane, that could have been that could have been incredible. Yeah, that's got to be a what if that gives Sharks fans nightmares to miss on Miko for sure. Yeah, so that brings us to Colorado. Pick number ten. Obviously, Miko off the board now. Uh, you had mentioned that a lot of the players they talked to off the board as well. Yeah, the one that the one that uh, they really liked that was still there was Kyle Connor, which uh, pretty at least arguably the best player left on the board based on yeah, hindsight. It's so again they didn't they didn't need a center sure. So I think this conversation that we're having here is Meyer, Connor, and Besser. 
No Konechny. I just I think he's a weird fit for Colorado. Sure. Also, I'm I'm still just sort of eh on Konechny. I kind of I kind of think what he did last year is the best that they're gonna get out That's of him. It. Yeah, there's nothing more. Not that 61 points in 66 games is like bad. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. But um, I just, I just, I think the Avs were after something specific. I think they really wanted a goal scorer. I mean, I, I think it's an easy slam dunk for Connor than over Besser, but. Well, that's what they, both of those guys, that's what they do. Yeah, for sure. And as luck would have it, both of those guys would star in college next to future Evs. True. Connor, Connor with Comfer and Besser with Jost. Yep. Boy, that would have been interesting. So, you think? Um, you think Connor's the? I think. Mean, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think I Connor's think it's the guy. Connor. Yeah. I mean, knowing what we know now and the breakout that he's had in in Winnipeg. In, in Kyle Connor has three full seasons in the NHL, and he has three thirty goal years. Yeah, exactly. But, Besser hasn't even hit thirty goals, mostly because of injury. But Jake Paul actually said he'd fight Evander Kane. Dude, I'd pay to watch that fight. <laughs> I'm not a big pay per view fan, but I'm in. <laughs> I am super in to watch Evander Kane feed Jake Whop Paul. Jake Paul. Paul. Yeah. I am in. Yeah. So I think Connor, I think Connor's the guy here. And then what does that change for the Avs? Does it really change that much? I mean, I guess you're not getting the the 55 assist seasons out of him that you got out of Miko, but what does he look like next to Nathan McKinnon? Yeah, how do you build that? Because the other conversation that we haven't really touched on is that Miko. McKinnon's big explosion happened next to Miko. Yeah, it did. And it wasn't like McKinnon had had weak line mates up to that point. Colorado's top six had only been a strength and since McKinnon was drafted. Yep. At no point was it ever considered weak until the 48-point season. And even then, his his line mates, you know, he was still playing with Landis Cog every night. So Miko was a huge part of that breakout. How does that change? With I do Kyle want to get there. into this conversation, but we do have to take our second period break with DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there with a bunch of amazing offers for you. Of course, they're still doing the $1,000 sign-up bonus when you use code DNVR. You can jump in and get your deposit matched up to five bonus of up to $1,000. Excuse me. So jump on that and... You also have a bunch of awesome bets coming for this weekend. The Gonzaga-Baylor game where AJ's taking Gonzaga. Bet on either team. If you pick the winner, you will get 100 bucks. because why not throw in an extra 100 bucks? It's a great deal for you. You can bet on all sorts of stuff. I have no doubt if Evander Kane fights Jake Paul, you can bet on that as well. So bet, I, bet so hard on Evander Kane. Put it all on Kane in that one. <laughs> Yep, I I he's gonna, he's gonna have to use his money phone to to call the the uh, the medical peoples to come pick up Jake Paul from the mat. This is like this guy has actually 
fought quite a bit in his career. This isn't a basketball player stepping into the ring here. <laughs> this, <laughs> this isn't a 5'8 basketball player <laughs> right. who's been long retired. This is in his prime of Vander Kane, who <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's a very, very famous and popular clip of him, of one, him punching. <laughs> one punching Matt Cook and yep. further scrambling poor Matt Cook's brain. Like, <laughs> That dude, the not not to celebrate brain injuries, just to say that Evander Kane can throw him. Yep. And up until that point, Nate Robinson's most uh, most aggressive, most of his fighting uh, experience came as a member of the Knicks when Carmelo punched a Nick and then backpedaled a hundred yards down the floor, and Nate Robinson like got tough with it and was like, "I'll fight you! I'll fight you all." In which now we know they all should have taken him up yeah, on it. Should have fought him, <laughs> but you couldn't. You couldn't fight it because you're picking on the little guy on the floor. You're not a bad dude for doing that. It's the same reason why everybody was like, "Yeah, okay." Dick Paul knocks that dude yeah. out, and we're all like, "All right, all right. go fight." Knocked out the little guy yeah. who would say yes. Like, woo! You're gonna really say yes to a Vander Kane? <laughs> Tell you what, he knocks out a Vander Kane. He gets my respect. All right, there you go. That's all it takes. Brad, if you want to buy a reverse retro jersey, first you need to age about three years, but then you can go on over to DraftKings Sportsbook and win (laughs) yourself enough to buy. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to sign up to get that $1 bet to earn $100 on that college basketball game and get your $1,000 sign-up bonus as well. Limited time only, so jump on it only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So, Nathan McKinnon next to Miko Rantanen. Can Kyle Connor be the same type of facilitator for a breakout there? It'd be different because again, sure. Miko's Miko's playmaking is um, helps McKinnon's goal scoring. Yep. Um, the big difference here might have been McKinnon doesn't score 40 goals and instead he scores 30 goals but he adds 15 assists right or 10 assists. instead of seeing an incredible uptick in shot volume that moves into the assist category perhaps yeah because if there's one thing i've always said that miko's best attribute is his shot but he has great playmaking ability and instincts yeah he's an unbelievable passer yep but if he if he was more aggressive, if he had say the the Burakovsky mentality of when in doubt shoot, yep, he could be a fifty goal guy. Someone of his size, if he played a bit more like a power forward, sure. Yeah, um, and one one of the things that we were really seeing that we didn't see last year, but we saw two years ago when we started calling him Baby Yager, yep. was he was doing that. He using started that putting his butt a little bit. Yep. He started using that big old butt and throwing it into dudes' chests and denying them space and and just physically mauling people in the dirty areas of the ice. Yep. And if he gets back to that next year, I think last year the injury probably made him a little timid. Yeah, I agree. Um and if he just if he gets back to understanding that he's a big bad MFR, but he'll be just fine. Yeah, can we can we talk about how 
everyone all of last season was like, man, Rantanen really feels off this season. And he had 41 points with 19 goals in 42 games. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, and then we were nonstop on him in the, in playoffs. the playoffs too. Yeah. And he had 21 points in 15 games in the postseason, And we were on him every single game. Yep. And if you were on abs Twitter, you would have thought he was the worst player on the abs. Yep. Straight up. And like there were moments where he looked the worst player, and then there, there were, were moments where he was bad. And yeah. but then he like, would find his way to two points, and it's like, right? What do you do? Right? Like, how do you? He, it was the strangest valuation because um, I did not envy Evan having to do great because <laughs> yeah. it was like, look, your eyes are telling you that this guy's really struggling, and he's a point per game throughout the whole postseason. It wasn't like he had a six point night that carried a week worth of scoreless games. The guy just rolled. It didn't make any sense. It was the dumbest thing, but that's a we can we should probably just do a ranting and hype show. A whole point. a whole ranting and is actually a beast show. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll put that one down on the schedule somewhere. Oh, I'm just curious. I'm I'm looking it up now. Okay. Rantanen had a point. Jesus. <laughs> Too <many> starting <laughs> no starting in starting in game three of the arizona series he scored in every single game wow and you and hold on one two three four five six of those were multi-point games Shut man the... man you never have known that no you would have no idea based on the the reaction of the the people based- watching I mean, based on based on people, based on social media, based on us, it wasn't it wasn't like we yeah, were like no. the lone voice who was like Miko's great. Like we kept looking at the points and we talked about it every game. Yeah, every game was like Miko looked terrible, but he got two points, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and there was like the one game where he scores he scores like the the nonsense like yeah, fourth the most, goal in the right. You know, a game they were losing by three. Way, they were sure, like, but yeah. But it the, that was the thing though is that like you're looking at guys like Tyson Jost and what is it that everybody always says? I don't care how well he plays, he has to produce. Yep. But then with Miko, he's producing and it's like, but he's not playing well. He could play so much better. And it's like, okay, well, if he plays so much better, what's the goal of that? For him to produce more? He's already <laughs> scoring literally every game. Yeah, true. I mean, that has there ever been a run like that of two teammates? Because McKinnon had like the insane point streak as well in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So for the record, uh, game two against Arizona is the only playoff game. Rantanen did not score. And what McKinnon was only game seven against Dallas, I think. Yeah. So two of your top three, two of your top three forwards scored in all, but a single playoff game. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good, <laughs> man. That's crazy. I'm, I, I'm not getting beyond the second round. Yeah, travesty. All right, so back to the top yeah, of anyway. today's show. We still, Kyle Connor goes to the Avs. Yeah, Kyle Connor to the Avs. Have we have we covered that enough? I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. The bread gets made a little bit differently, but the Avs still get a top line winger. So, yeah, and then. Florida does not take Lawson Krause. Yeah. This is where it gets kind of strange. Florida definitely not taking Lawson Krause. That's for sure. <laughs> so is this, I mean, Florida, I know that there's still Meyer uh, and that there's still Besser and Konechny, but does Florida consider Hannafin here? 
not a top pairing guy, but they've been so bad on defense. Yeah, I mean. And Lawson Krause didn't do shit to help them on offense. Was Ekblad brain scrambled by then? No. So they would lean on Ekblad at the time, but boy. I mean, that's the only D you can, can even consider, though. Yeah. And then the other question that I have is at what point do we start considering Samson off here? That's a conversation probably actually for, for Florida too. Um, Cause, Cause I mean, you're right. Sonoff, they don't sign Bobrovsky, right? Right. And you look at their forward core today and you go, yeah, they're fine there. Yeah. They've been fine there. Yeah. Part of the reason they've been fine there is because they keep drafting freaking forwards in the first round. <laughs> True. And this was one of the, t- they did it here and it didn't work. And this was a miss. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you could say they don't need to do it again. Yeah. Of so. course, one of the reasons that I, I think it should be Samsonov or, or Hannafin. I think I'd lean Samsonov, honestly. I'm good with that. All right. Samsonov going to Florida. Yeah, that'd be definitely free up $10.5 million for them. They can go sign Taylor Hall if they want. <laughs> yeah. They could have um, played around in the Petrangelo sweepstakes. True. That's true. They could have done gone that way to shore up their D also. Um, 12 is Dallas who took Dennis Gurionov. Gurionov uh, coming into his own, but again, between Besser and Konecki. Yeah. Better players on the board for sure. Uh, I think Besser is probably more their guy. Especially Gurionov being a goal scorer for them too. It, it makes like pretty sense. Pretty sensible to, to swap them out. Yeah, and um, this was in the middle of Dallas drafting all of the big, bigger guys that they could find. True, and Connect needs five foot ten. <laughs> Doesn't fit that mold, does it? Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not like Brock Besser is massive, but at six one two ten, he's pretty, pretty, pretty solidly built. So I think between those two guys, Besser going to Dallas. I like Besser there. Um, yeah. Fits their injury. And then this too. is this is the disaster. Boston, three picks in a row. In yeah. reality, could have completely reshaped their whole franchise. Right. They ended up originally As with Zaboral, DeBrusque, Sinisian, Sinisian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Zach Sinisian. Yeah. And of those so far, only DeBrusque is a solid NHL player. So I think they probably take DeBrusque again with one of those three. Sure. I'd, we don't have to do the order. It's 13, 14, 15. They get to right. Connect so me there. Yeah, I think they get connect me. And then I think they take Hannafin. Sure. To get the D as well. Yeah. Then that's Boston probably wins a cup. And they'll over the last two years with those picks, I think because they made a, they made a conference finals and then they made, I guess they lost in the second round this year, but are there, would we also consider a guy like Vince Dunn over Hannafin? I don't think so. Not for Boston because they had Krug up through this year too. Okay. I'm just, well, I mean, 
Hannafin, same. It's the same conversation, I think. It's just that it is Hannafin. Vince, Vince Dunn's just been a slower burn, and Hannafin was more of an immediate. Everybody knew him. He was going to be a quick path. I think the other side with Hannafin going to Boston is he gets a little bit more sheltering because Boston has Chara, because Boston has Krug. He goes to Carolina, because- and they're like, "We need you to be one of our best players right away." In in this draft class, well, he got some sheltering with Slavin and Pesci. I guess that's uh, true. And then in this draft class, Boston also picked up Brandon Carlo. Yeah, so there you go. The the defense of the future for them there. Yeah. So assuming they do that again. But I'm just I'm just curious because it seems like Dunn gets kind of forgotten. Eric Chernak is also in this conversation. Travis Dermott. And uh, Chernak is interesting, Dermott. Not as much. I would. I would agree. I, I would agree on that hierarchy. Uh, I would go Don and then Chernak and then Dermot. Yeah. Nudavara somewhere in here. Um, yeah. He'd go in the well. first round probably anyway. Yeah. Getting into the second half of the first round, I think those those D would all start to go because they're all top four guys of yep. some caliber. Yeah, well, we see the D, the D rise a little bit. <sighs> Ignoring phrasing, Islanders. Uh, Matt, Matt Barzell, <laughs> and at this point, I mean, they took Anthony Beauvillier later in the first round. They might just take him here and just move it up. Yeah, yeah, because we're talking those defensemen, and then uh, Beauvillier, Roslovic, Colin White, Erickson Ecker, the next guys in this conversation. Yeah, and at that point, you're targeting Beauvillier to play next to JT, probably. How about where do we value Mackenzie Blackwood? See, that's so tough for me because it, who is he like on a different team? Who is he where somewhere he gets more opportunity in the NHL? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm rarely a proponent of drafting goalies in the first round anyway, but we did it with Sam Sonov already, so. I don't I don't know the goalie needs well enough in the league to be honest. Well, Back and I'll tell you Samsonov we drafted 11th based on 26 games played. Sure, McKenzie, sure, super McKenzie small Blackwood has 70. 70 games. I understand. I understand what we've done, but I understand what we've done so yeah. dramatic. <laughs> Made a continuous and I don't know what Logan Paul says. Sorry tried the meme and couldn't get there um yeah i don't know i'm i don't know much about him except yeah. i just want to see him get his face punched in there you go i mean logan paul's his brother who did get his face punched in i'm pretty sure i don't remember i remember i watched the video of one of them walking Losing. around during like a like a during the uh the george floyd riots yeah oh yeah that was jake i think yeah yeah and one of them was like walking around the mall while his friends were like looting and, and stuff and yeah <laughs> Why would you film this? <laughs> but um, I don't know. I guess when you're a moron, you just do whatever. Yep. yep. The NVR versus the Paul brothers coming soon. <laughs> it's not going to go well for us in publicity. No, I think we would take that hell probably. <laughs> like, do you guys want to play two on two in Halo? Like, we can do we'll that. We'll take you on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm down we'll for that. that. We'll play that game. Rudo and I in Halo 2. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, right. I did want to touch on 
a couple of the other busts uh, in this class. We talked about Zaboro and, and Sinition to Boston, but throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the first round, you also had the uh, the bad Svechnikov brother. Mm-hmm. And then uh, pretty later on, Noah Yulson hasn't quite lived up to it either. Yeah, um, Gabriel Carlson to Columbus. Yeah. Of the Matt Duchesne trade talks fame has <laughs> definitely not worked out. Nick Merkley to Arizona is actually a sad story. Um, yeah. Got drafted and then had a devastating injury. Yep. And when you're a smaller guy, you need all of your explosiveness. And when you have a when you have a lower body injury that takes that yeah. away. When it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. That guy just can't succeed. It's kind of it, it's very Joey Hishness yeah esque in that an injury sapped that guy of a chance to per- perform in pro hockey the way that there were hopes to. You know, now Nick Merkley part of the part of the uh, Taylor Hall trade. Yep. And this really was really good AHL player, but Continuing on down, because this draft was extremely deep, yeah. uh, Colorado had picks 39 and 40 in this draft. They took A.J. Greer and Nick Malosh. They got 37 NHL games out of that. Yeah. Neither so are with the also team anymore. to note here, they had the 31st pick from then the they Ryan traded O'Reilly it back. Deal. Yeah. They traded back with San Jose so that they, because they, 40th was their pick. They traded 31 for, for 39. 39 and a second round pick in 2016 that ended up being Morrison, I believe. Correct. And those picks were their own picks that they had given up already. Brad um, Stewart yeah, prior. Brad Stewart. Yep. So the big, what if there is, what if they just sit tight at 31 and take Sebastian Ajo? I mean, that would be wild. I, Ajo's a center again, so they probably wouldn't have done it. But they could have, and and obviously franchise changing. But honestly, San Jose went with Jeremy Waugh there, who is yet to play an NHL game. So it's and not like again that was two. I think he had two major knee injuries after yep. getting drafted, where it was like probably wasn't so much a wasn't so much a bad pick as it was everything that happened after that just went sideways but you're looking I'm, I'm looking up and down this and they could have had aho they also could have had brandon carlo at 31 yeah and remember brandon carlo a local kid somebody that they should have at least known pretty well yep and then and then even if they do the trade they they end up with mm-hmm. 39 and 40 if yep. they got those picks right they could have had eric chernak and mackenzie blackwood yeah I mean, so, they could have had Rupe Hintz and Jordan Greenway. Yep. Rasmus Anderson, Vince Dunn. All legit um, good NHLers. Yeah. Anthony Sorelli went in the third round of this draft. Uh, there are some crazy late-round picks in this draft. The fourth round had Dennis Mulligan, who has almost 200 games. The fifth yeah. round has Connor Garland Who's and Dominic Simone. Like, also... Troy Terry and Adam Gaudet. Yep. Adam Gaudet's a legit guy in Vancouver, and Troy Terry is still trying to prove it with uh, with Anaheim. I mean, 28 points in 81 games. That's an NHLer. Yeah. It's just what role is he going to play, whatever, whatever. You know, all those 
the sixth round, John Marino just had a great rookie year. Same with Vladislav Gavrikov. Yep. Andrew Mangiapane has been he was an he was a nineteen year old in that draft. Yep. He was one of the guys that I really liked. Man, Mangiapane and uh a Swiss kid that Chicago just signed as a free agent. Yeah, what's um, his name? Pia Suter. Yep. Those were two guys that I really liked as second time eligibles, and Mangiapane is turned into a valuable player for Calgary. Mason Appleton has turned into a good depth guy for Winnipeg. And then the seventh round, Matt Roy just had a really underrated, great rookie year for LA. Marcus Nudavara has 244 games played already. Nudavara is a guy we're talking about going in the end of the first round in a redraft. And he's a, yeah. was taken in the seventh. Sammy Niku has been banging on the Jets NHL door for a while now. Like yep. this draft was incredible there. You could probably fill up, almost two full rounds with legit NHL players. Yep. It's and deep. not to get not to get super like we don't want to we don't want to spend the rest of the offseason redrafting, but when you look at 2016, it you have a hard time filling up 10. Yeah. Like so. you're look you look at 2016 and there's a real conversation about Jost still being at 10. Yep. Tyson, Tyson Jost, probably not in the first round in 2015. Yep. And there's a very serious conversation about him probably still being the 10th pick in 2016, but we should just do it now. I mean, just, not at this moment. I know I mean, what you like, mean, but just do the show. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now I'm curious. I'm like, there are some really legit guys. Like obviously Matthews line and Dubois probably all stay in that order. Sure. Could could Chuck Keller, Sergachev, McAvoy, Chikrin, those guys all top ten. But you get to eight, nine, and all of a sudden, yeah, Sam Gerard, yeah, is a is a guy. Adam Fox is a guy that you start looking at. You know, Victor Mete. Eesh. Yeah. Yes, the fall off yes, comes quick. Brat, like. Big time, big time conversation about where Jost goes. Certainly, still in the first round. Either way, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't think you can make an argument that he drops out of the top fifteen. Yeah, he might slip out of the top ten, but I don't think he gets out of the top. 15. So, uh, is that more of a conversation of how weak twenty sixteen is, or how strong yes. twenty fifteen is? It's both. Yeah, and then you look at because if you if if you even move to the next year and you take a look at twenty seventeen, you know, I still think it's too early to tell for a lot of these guys. Sure. You know, you you still have a bunch of these guys. Yeah, yeah. You have like a a guy like Owen Tippett who has seven NHL games played, but has been, you know, just had an excellent lights out uh, pro debut in the AHL. Yep. Where you're like, this guy's probably ready for something bigger. You know, there are guys like that. Gabriel Gabriel Velarde just got healthy. And, and, it, and really, his handful of NHL games. Right. It was really productive. And then on the other side, you have, you know, Elias Anderson's on his second franchise. What's yep. going to happen with that guy? Yep. Cody Glass, for some reason, just hasn't taken over a center job yet. What's going to happen with that guy? You know, Robert Thomas is a stud. Josh Norris only has three NHL games played. But if you look at his AHL stat line, you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> 
he had the same kind of stat line in his first year uh, in pro hockey that Miko did. Yep. So certainly curious how draft classes do shape up like that. Yeah, and it's important to note because you always hear, oh, well, for a top 10 pick, for a top 10 pick. Well, the top 10s aren't all the same. I mean, top fives aren't even all the same. Yep. Because if you look at the top fives from both 2015, 2016, 2017, they're very, very, very different. I mean, 2015's top five has the greatest player of this generation in it, so. (laughs) Yeah, and it, you know, 2015 is so good that its top five doesn't have a true bust. You know, the the first true bust that you get so far in is 13 in 2015. All the other guys are are legit NHLers to some level. Meanwhile, that isn't that isn't true. 2016, Oli has has five games played and Jesse Pugliarvi's been in Finland for a year and a half. He's back. But yep. You know, like the, these Logan Brown, Mike McLeod, Jake Bean, it's rough. Logan Stanley, Kiefer Bellows, German Rupsov, Julian Gauthier, Riley Tufty. Like that first round is Henrik Borgstrom. It's riddled with landmines. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of these guys. You know, even, even Tage Thompson, Brett Howden are like just tr- desperate to prove that they belong. Yep. It's crazy it it really is you have to work with the draft class you're given sometimes and if the draft class is weak the caliber of player you're gonna get just isn't gonna be the same if you don't have basically picks one and two maybe three yeah it's true uh and that to be honest you look at these and i know everybody dismisses colorado's success drafting in the first round and like well they can only hit their first rounders but like those are the ones you have to hit. Yeah. Must. And Tyson Jose is their biggest miss since Connor Bleakley. That's their biggest miss in six years. And he's still an NHL player. Just goes to show you it's hard to do. It's, yep. it's even even in the back half of the top ten, it's hard to do. Yep. So the Avs got super lucky that they had the tenth pick in an all-time great draft in 2015. Because even doing this redraft, you start to look at the drop-off. It's full of high end guys, but once we got to like, once you got past Boston, basically, it goes quick. Yep. You know, you're struggling. You know, you're getting Dennis Gurionov types. Like, yep. Solid players, but not foundational pieces. All right. On that note, I think it's time for us to get out of here with Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they've supported DNVR for a long time as members as well. Their husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. Be sure to head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and give them a look as they're giving away a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. But more importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com or you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, investments, and tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for you. So again, 
give them a call or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS, the 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS, 1910631. All righty. On that note, that wraps up the, the redraft of 2015, I guess. We did the top 15 picks and kind of discussed some of the other guys. So maybe we'll do the 2016 one tomorrow or, or sometime later if we feel like it. But we'll have to see. We also have the expansion draft show coming up on Thursday, I believe. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. I know everyone always asks about the expansion draft. It's coming. We're going to do it. So get prepared. <laughs> yeah. Um, have a couple of written articles on it as well coming up. Looking back go. at Vegas and then I head to Seattle and kind of where the abs sit. Yep, prepping for a February start to the NHL. More likely, it's starting to look like so. Yeah, um, Alan Walsh with some pretty interesting tweets this uh during our show today. Yeah, I haven't checked. Um, basically saying the NHL's floating the idea of uh, invoking force majeure Ooh. Uh, to, to cancel the season. I see. If the, if the players won't agree. Interesting. Which is pretty... I'm not sure how it would work to invoke force majeure when you negotiated the CBA during a pandemic and then turn around and say that that same pandemic is, is why you, now the problem yeah yeah is is a is the act of god needed to uh, invoke that particular clause i'm not sure how that would work legally um me not being a yeah you know not qualified to have that conversation for sure but i definitely think it's an interesting stance to try to take yeah <laughs> One of his tweets is even if the NHL lawyers are advising owners, they have a winning case here. I suggest they go back to law school. So doesn't sound like a great look, but uh, anyway, on that note, if there is any confirmed news, you know, you can always catch it here on the DNVR apps podcast. We're five days a week. So whatever happens, we'll be here hockey or not talking to you guys. I sure hope there's hockey because I don't know how many topics we have left, but yeah, that's going to do it for today. Y'all know the drill. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>